Welcome to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this show is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I would like to thank Calcutta, an outdoors company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. My first guest this week is Dan Johnson, and Dan and I are discussing about scouting for ice fishing while using your boat. Listen to that, very interesting ideas from Dan. And then Pat and I is gonna talk about the National Professional Anglers Association event that's coming up here January 5th in Fort Myers, Florida. Listen to that. And then the one and only Bass Hall of Fame inductee, Mike Iconelli. We're gonna talk to Mike about the Ike Foundation, the Bass Hall of Fame and other things. But first, I would like to welcome back Dan Johnson to the We Fish ASA podcast. This segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. How are we doing today, Dan? Doing great, Dave. Boy, it's it, fall is in the air and even a little bit of winter this morning at 30s. And you look way up on the map on the border of Canada and U.S. 20s. Today, we're going to talk about something that has to do with ice fishing, but we want you to do this on your last excursion on the lakes you ice fish when you're still in your boat, don't we? Yeah, it, you know, we want to talk about, you know, Dave, just prior to this podcast, we talked about a topic here and what we wanted to cover, and it, it hit me because it's something that I just did uh, last weekend, um, and it was something that I wanted to bring up because it's so helpful, and, and I'm speaking more to the uh, ice fishermen on lakes and the reservoirs here uh, would certainly apply to a river. Obviously, doesn't um, apply to our dear listeners in the south as much because the lakes don't freeze over. But I think the concept and the premise of it really applies unilaterally wherever you're fishing. And what that is is ice fishing season's definitely coming up. And you know, Dave, I love to do it, and I also love to sit in a tree stand. But I'm also getting some time a little bit of time whenever i can to get out and experience the awesomeness that is fall fishing with we've talked about shad, you know shad being high in the water column and seagulls following boats giving you a tell and uh fish schooling in accordance to size fish making their moves towards wintering areas and what that does when we take one plus one plus one equals three is what i did last weekend is i literally took my boat and the guy i was with was upset because we weren't even fishing for about an hour but i did it to prep for ice fishing and what i mean by that is I would go down a bluff wall. I would find, obviously, I've got well, my local reservoir. I've got waypoints on all these things. But I, number one, wanted to confirm, is it still there? A brush pile. What's the condition of it? So I find it on side imaging, get over the top of it, down scan it, look at it, make sure everything's in great shape, confirm when I look at the shoreline, what visual obstacle, because I'm still old school on finding things like 20 steps out on the flat rock on the bank or whatever, making sure that's still justified. If it's not, I might put something there. Uh, obviously not trash, but I'll put some natural object like three rocks stacked in a triangle or whatever. I just gave up a great tell for <laughs> In any case, I'll, I'll, I'll use a visual aid and I'll get a good gauge on how far that thing is out. And man, I'm telling you, um, I don't even have forward facing. I've got it on my boat, obviously, but I don't have it out on the ice. So no. I've got to be relatively close to get to that brush. And I did that on nine different spots and two of them were completely gone. What happened to them, I don't know. Um, but 
seven of them were there and three of them were in great shape. And these are ones that are in about 15 foot of water, which is the juice. And, uh, and, and what it did is just going to save me a lot of time. Now I know I can walk down there, take my four wheeler in or whatever I'm going to do and drive right on top of that spot. And I, and I think we need to be thinking about that when we're fishing in the fall, because obviously my boat with a 250 on it's going to get around a lot better now than when the boat, the lake's all frozen up and I'm trying to run around punching holes in the ice, guessing where things are at. So that's something I really wanted to touch on. And not only does it help you in your fall fishing, cause you find a lot more structure in the process looking around but man it saves you so much time in ice fishing as well yeah absolutely and you say you don't know where those brush piles went to i remember i was fishing uh um i think it was champ it was champlain and there was some some brush and and things in there and it was in like 14 feet of water and i went back like three years later it was the right time of year and i went over there and i'm kind of going back and forth i'm like this isn't here and another guy was fishing on the bank and he wasn't fishing for bass he was fishing panfish bluegills and because they have some whopper bluegills there and pumpkin seeds and uh, he goes if you're looking for that brush pile somebody hung their anchor on it he goes it's now in about 19 or 20 feet of water because they went to leave and they pulled it and it's like, so maybe yours are just a little bit deeper. Well, and I'm glad you said that because that's maybe one possible reason why it's gone. All I know is it was gone. But what it tells me is if I would not have done that, I fished this spot historically for decades. Yeah. And if I wouldn't have done that last weekend, I easily could have tromped out there and started popping holes trying to find this thing because I allegedly it's there and it's not and not to say you wouldn't catch cruising fish roaming a bluff bluff wall on shad which is a great pattern as well not even associated to brush but if you are targeting brush it's nice to know it's there and you can save a lot of time by getting a good and, and really slow down and think about it for example i would side image this pile get over the top of it down scan it to make sure it's in the condition i want it to be in Look how high it comes up in the water column. I mean, how nice is that to know? And then also look at the bank and get a really good slow down, take a breath and say, okay, how many steps would this thing be off the bank? Because you wouldn't believe it's kind of like going in the woods and turning around three times and trying to walk out. Yeah, It's like, you wouldn't believe if you don't really focus on that now when every all the leaves are down and all the ground is white and the lake's frozen, you walk out there, you swear you think you know where something is. And you don't because you didn't really pay attention to where that thing is in open water with a boat. And it, it can save you so much time. And another thing that really helps is if you know where a pile is, oftentimes we've talked about this, Dave, we don't want to set up right on top of it. Sometimes we want to be 15, 20 feet off it if the water's clear and try to pull these satellite fish to us first. And knowing where that's at based on that physical attribute on the bank and how many steps off it is, you can start inside of it, you can start outside of it or wherever without Swiss cheese in the area because I tell you another thing that does, it gives your spot up. If you if you put 20 holes out there and finally find your pile and the next person walks by is gonna go, wow, this is a great spot. Where if you find, if you know where you're going and you only have to drill one or two, that person that drives by or walks by on a four-wheeler might say, you know what, somebody drilled here but might not have caught them. So there's a lot to that, I, but but I say it's just something that I've always done, and I I just did it last weekend, and I thought it'd be a it'd be a helpful topic for the fall. Yeah, I like it. The scout for ice fishing from your boat, you know. I mean, it's something that I haven't really thought of before, and I, obviously you brought it up, and I think it's a great idea. The other thing I think uh, we're we're close to where you know uh, these lakes are going to freeze here in six or eight weeks, and and. Uh, 
it also gives you a really good indication of the water level, which you don't really get that when you're on the ice, when you walk out on the ice. Yeah, water level, um, size of the bait fish, too, um, is another huge thing that's easily identifiable in the fall when you're fishing. And you can see the gulls picking them up, flying away with them. Uh, I, I snagged two on a rattle trap last weekend. Shad, Sal hooked them. Mm-hmm. And I, so what that tells me, again, by not I, I didn't just do that and let it go. What I did is when I did it, I thought, you know what? That jigging wrap I start with might be a little bigger this year than normal based on what I'm seeing these fish feed on. Because don't kid yourself for a second. A crappie will take a shad way bigger than you think it is. They think they will, especially the big ones. So the last thing we want to do is just cut, copy, paste with everything we've always done and go out with a little tiny presentation if your shad are an inch longer on average than in past years. So that's another thing you can notice in the fall, too, that can just help your ice fishing. But one statement I made earlier before we started here, it really helps all kinds of fishing because whether you're a late, late, late fall ice fisherman or, or potentially early, early spring, all of this information we can collect when we're out there, don't just apply it to the moment apply it to the next time you're going to go or even months down the road how big are these shad going to be right um all these different things factor in if we just think a little more broadly yeah absolutely and and you get me thinking of the places that i ice fish and there's no brush piles there but there's weeds there and weed lined and areas that it becomes pocketed more than other with the sandy areas and the weeds mixes where i normally get them and sometimes when you get low water at different times of the year the boats go through there and they make swales in the muck or the sand and there's there's little bit deeper areas. Um, I got to get out there in my boat and mark those so I know exactly where they are so I don't have to go drill 16 holes so I know where they're at. So thank you for that that tip. I appreciate that. Well, if we get bad weather and you just don't want to go fishing and it's blowing like crazy and cold and but you want to get out and do something, fall is a great time to do recon for the spring. Go check everything four to eight foot deep with side imaging and just start putting numbers on hard targets. It will pay off in spades in the spring because uh, you can go back to those spots and not have to refine them again if, if, if you're just killing time. So if they're not biting and everything's shut off and it's one of those days where you just want to go in because you can't catch one, man, we're all there way more than we want to be. Sometimes put the rods down and just start doing a recon for a future trip. You know, it's, it's, it plays into the same thing as what we're talking about in ice and it can really help you. Absolutely. Always great information from Dan Johnston and look forward to talking to you next week, Dan. Dave, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz. And this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the persistent pursuit of perfection. St. Croix. Daiwa, MAGFORCE Z, similar design to our SV system. Reels with MAGFORCE Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. 
MAC4C incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. My next guest has been on many times. He has a passion for the outdoors, has a passion to get other people into the outdoors. Pat Nye is the president of National Professionals Anglers Association and Future Angler Foundation. Welcome back, Pat. Thanks, Dave. Great to be here. So NPAA has their uh, annual get-together, big meeting, pr uh, presentation. Uh, tell us a little bit about what people can uh, expect by attending that. And I'm, I'm asking him that because those of you that are even thinking about getting into the outdoors industry, you have the opportunity to attend this. Uh, I believe that's going to open up on October 16th if it doesn't get filled with members. Is that correct, Pat? 19th. 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 Okay, October 19th. But but tell them what they can expect and why um, the members that attend do and uh, anybody thinking about getting into this organization or are in the organization not a member, what they get there. Sure, absolutely. So the NPAA annual conference is going to occur on January 5th to the 7th in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, it's it's basically an event that anybody that is taking the step from passion for angling to profession should attend, and that's actually our theme this year is passion to profession. And I'm talking about whether whether you're a full or, or part time guide, tournament angler, um, any anybody who wants to make a living in the outdoors should attend this event because it's full of content that you can't find anywhere else. Plus from a, from a networking standpoint, you get to rub shoulders with some of the you know, Hall of Fame anglers, um, you get to talk to industry um, professionals, people from Yamaha, um, you know, other organizations like Pure Fishing, there's there's always someone there to talk to and to network with. And, and the networking is so important in our industry and in any industry, but especially the fishing industry, because it's really not that big, is it? It's a small group of people that do a, lo a lot of dollars, but it's it's a family, uh, I think. Uh, it's not that big. It is not that big, and this, this type of an event is priceless because, you know, for instance... Um, the ASA that you work with closely is sponsoring the, the lunch on Saturday. And they're doing that because uh, their government affairs uh, vice president, Mike Leonard, is going to talk about what the ASA does to protect our interests as anglers um, on and off the water uh, at 
in what our attendees can do to help them do a better job of that. Because, you know, this is very, very important to all of us who love the outdoors and love angling and have taken that step from passion and profession. So that's, you know, that's just another example of why it's, it's really beneficial to come to an event like this that is unique. There is nothing else like this uh, available in this as you said, very small industry. Yeah, and and uh, I think to hear Mike Leonard, normally you have to go attend an ASA function. Mike Leonard is the, and his org, his group of people there in uh, uh, legislative, what they do for us is the shining star of the American Sport Fishing Association. In my eyes, they do a great job. Without them, none of us would be able to do our jobs in this industry. They protect uh, not only the oceans, the inlands, the streams, um, everything they could do to keep us from fishing and enjoying the outdoors and, and public lands and things like that. That group keeps tabs on that. And that uh, seminar alone is worth the, the admission to go there. Absolutely. Um, you know, the... Each year, we, we have speakers that are of significant value to those that are professional anglers. And again, whether full or part-time. So you've got Mike Leonard that's going to be there. Um, we've got Justin Lucas is going to speak. Eric Nag, who has been in the industry um, I mean, many, many years and was one of the original NPAA members way back when, when he was fishing fishing the professional walleye trail you know he, he recently um uh, left northland tackle he, he was their marketing manager for years and he's um uh, doing some sales on his own but there's you know he's a very knowledgeable individual and when to talk about how to how to make it work as a professional angler uh, in, in this industry um we've got some other great featured speakers we've got workshops um, we've got one for women this year women's angling professionals um, there's going to be some some really good speakers there uh, angie scott deb hansen and a few others um, are going to have a roundtable discussion so any women that are out there that that want to get involved or are currently involved uh, as angling professionals we, we welcome you um, we've got another workshop that's a creating one minute videos as you know um contents everything and and the videos have become extremely important whether you're using them on youtube or on reels um to get attention for you know i guess from an edu educational standpoint or to have you become an expert to a broader base of people through today's influencing channels um we're having a, a workshop on that, so there's a lot, a lot to gain. Yeah, that that's a real good one because being being a, a, a content innovator gets you noticed, helps you with if you have a retail business, if you have a guide business, if you're working in the industry, that will help, and you do uh, have the opportunity to become the expert if you have good content and good information to give out there. What a seminar to come in and set in, and it's going to save people so much time where they might have gone to Instagram or YouTube and try to get on there or Facebook Reels, whatever they're doing, it's going to save them so much time that might have taken them years to figure out. But talking about right. the shorts under a minute is going to be, there's another summer. I think every one of those are, are worth the price of admission and going. And uh, October 19th, they'll be able to sign up for that. Where, where do they go to, uh, to look at the uh, 
the schedule of events and things like that. Is that available? It, it will be available on October 19th. On our, We have a new website and a custom management system coming on, on board here very soon. By October 19th, it'll be up. So it'll be at npaa.net. On October 19th, you'll be able to utilize that system to register, whether you're a member or a non-member. Registration for members for this um, conference is $250. For non-members, it is $300. Um, If you would come to the event and join, we will rebate you $50 off that that conference fee. So you'd pay the the member's fee if you do, do end up joining. And I can tell you, Honestly, that we've had very, very few people over the years that were not members um, come to the conference and then not become members because this conference is one of the main reasons to be an NPAA member. If you engage and you come to the conference, you'll learn more in a weekend than you will in 10 years on your own. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a great event. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it- I haven't had the opportunity to attend because I always have a conflict with the industry and I have one this year with a buying show that I have to be at, but I can't wait till I can do one because because of uh, I've been in industry a long time, but anytime I go to anything like this, whether it's uh, American Sport Fishing Association or anything involved that I cast in you, you go to these events in the industry, you learn something at every single one. Don't think that you won't. It will help you. And more than that, I think the networking is priceless, as well as the speakers are going to get to hear. And uh, I, I, you always hit it out of the park and get get great uh, speakers and presentations, and uh, definitely awesome. And hopefully, you'll continue to do that. And uh, we'll have you back on for an update for 2024 after you have your conference sometime. And we'll uh, wish you all the best success. Anything else you got to add, Pat? Um, no, I just, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to let your listeners know about this event. Again, it's an event that is is targeted at people who are taking that step or will be taking that step from passion to profession that would include these young student anglers that we have a student angler membership and a student angler um, registration, special registration price. Uh, for for student anglers of $150 if you're not a member and $125 if you are. So we want those high school and college uh, anglers to come to this event as well because yep. they're our future. Jumpstart it, npaa.net after October 19th. You'll find all the information there. Uh, thanks again, Pat, for being on. Sure, Dave. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. That was Pat and I, president of NPAA, National Professionals Anglers association i am dave kranz and this segment was brought to you by calcutta an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors the we fish asa podcast will be right back calcutta outdoors from bluegill to bluefin calcutta outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for we offer a wide range of trusted products From fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. Daiwa. Our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping 
pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate backlashes. Daiwa. St. Croix, crafting the best rods on earth takes a team effort. Takes a lot of hands to produce a St. Croix fishing rod, 32 to be exact. Every rod we manufacture is carefully crafted, assembled, and tested by passionate professionals who want to ensure you have the best fishing experience possible. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We Fish ASA podcast is back, and this segment is sponsored by the proud industry members in the American Sport Fishing Association. I am Dave Kranz, and my next guest has been on before, and I think most of you know him as an awesome fisherman. Welcome back to the program, Mike Iaconelli. Hi there. How you doing? I am doing good, and uh, boy, you, you've had a pretty busy year. I, I let's touch on this. Uh, you, you got entered into the Bass Hall of Fame. I, how unreal was that? I I was actually on the show floor at the. Bassmaster Classic in Knoxville, and I saw you up there talking to these guys, and the expression on your face, I couldn't hear because the the noise level there, except for if you were close to a TV, but I was kind of outside on the aisle, and I think that's when they told you that you were going to get in. They did. They did. Yeah, it's still it's still almost unbelievable. Like, you just said it, and it still hasn't even set in. Uh, it's just an unbelievable thing. But when they announced it at the Classic, I was caught off guard. Uh, I thought I was, you know, I was doing some commentating, you know, for for the show, and I had this guy next to me, Bill Dance, who's yeah. my childhood hero, and I'm like, what a dream come true. I'm getting to commentate with my childhood hero. And then all of a sudden, he makes this announcement. I was so caught off guard and uh, just, it's an unbelievable thing, you know. Uh, it, it's it's an honor. It's uh, it's just this crazy, almost like a dream come true for me, you know. Because I look at that group of people in the Hall of Fame, and they're they're all the legends of the sport. They're all people that have had an impact on the sport. So you know, to hear Bill Dance say that, and then to hear you know this is you know this is really happening. And to have people say, "Hey, you made a difference in the sport of bass fishing," man, that's a big deal, and I'm I'm really really proud of it, you know. And you should be. Uh, we were uh, both fishing on the Potomac River on the Toyota Series here back a couple of weeks ago, and you happened to pull your boat out next to me, and I said, "Hey, I want you to come back on the podcast, but I want you to come back." This is one of the reasons that you got in to the Hall of Fame uh, because of the impact you have made on on this industry and it's it's not just the fishing it's not just the social media it is the fact that you are a very charitable person you work hard to do things with kids through the ike foundation and that's why i wanted to have you back on and and uh the why what's the why why you started the ike foundation and and how did it come about yeah, well, I appreciate that. Uh, the Ike Foundation was was really a big deal for us. So when I say us, it's it, it's me and me and Becky, my wife Becky. I mean, we really are a team. She's I said this before, but she's honestly the the brains behind you know how to grow things and how to make things work. And uh, you, you know, we really sat back over ten years ago and said we had already been doing a lot of charitable stuff, a lot of different angles. But we said, you know, we need our own thing. You know what what makes sense. And it took us literally like, I'd say less than five minutes <laughs> to, to realize that, you know, l- looking at my childhood, where where I grew up, and, you know, if I didn't have my family introducing me to fishing, 
I would have never got into it. You know, Philadelphia, you know, the city kid would have never got into it. So right away, we came up with this mission to get more kids fishing, to focus on kids that wouldn't normally see it, right? You know, untraditional kids. Um, and it's been the most rewarding part of my career thus far, but by far, um, you know, to have these events, to see kids, to see them 10 years later, to get an email saying, you know, hey, thank you, you changed my life. Man, that, that uh, that's way more valuable than a trophy or a win. I can tell you that it's been uh, it's been an amazing thing. It, absolutely, when you when you help youth and you do it for charity and you're you're helping that and 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 here you are uh, in this in this sport fishing world and you can pick up the phone and you can call so many people that can come and help you. Isn't that a, a gift? Oh, it's a gift. This whole thing's been a gift. It's it's funny because you know I put the number at 35 years and that number is not the years that I've been fishing professionally, but it's the years that I've started this journey. You know, 35 years ago, I said, I want to give this a go. And, you know, to, to remember then, uh, you know, I never would have imagined that it would have come to this. I never would imagine that I would be in a position to have an impact on people uh, like, like this. It's been such a gift, uh, you know, to be able to share what I love to do, you, you know, and, that, and that's the big thing. I, I, I really do love fishing, all, all fishing, and um, I've been real lucky to be able to share that with people, and uh, it's, it's been great. It's, what, what a career, you know? Yeah, absolutely, and, and uh, the IkeFoundation.org, is that correct, how people can find more about it? That's right. Yeah, like foundation.org, lots of ways to get involved, lots of ways to help. Uh, if, if somebody's listening to this right now and they want to start getting kids fishing in their area, you know, you live wherever and you, you want to get kids fishing, uh, contact us. We, we can help. Uh, so definitely ikefoundation.org. Check us out also on social media at the Ike Foundation. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, and, and there's so many ways to help. And I, I see you have these events and you have get some of the other pros that come and help. And that that's so good. And and so many uh, pros uh, haven't made the time to do what you do and, and organize it, but they're willing to help and contribute. And everybody's lives are so busy, but I, uh, definitely uh, it's awesome that you took the time to do it. And like you said, you got Becky helping you. And I at the summit uh, last week, I we were there, and there's a whole bunch of us here. We're all fishermen. We're all outdoorsmen. And the guy was saying something like, and he made the comment that he married up. And I made the comment back that I said, I think every fisherman and hunter and outdoorsman married up. <laughs> I mean, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, because the wives that are married to <laughs> yeah. us are... Yeah, it, it takes a special person to, to do that. And especially if you're fishing uh, professional tournaments or even local home tournaments. There's so many... Uh, people that I think life gets in the way. There's a lot of great anglers out there. And if they could get to that next level, I think they'd be, be competitive. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, it's a great sport, but it, it's also a challenging sport. It's a lot of work like anything and, uh, you know, time away from home and have a support unit, whether that's, you know, sponsors or especially family to have a support unit that supports you like that. You got to have it. You know, if you don't, it's uh, it's a lot tougher road for sure. Sure. On the foundation, do you do mostly the the summer months? Are there some things you do over the winter? You know, we do it all year long. Uh, you know, and it's not just fishing. Right. You know, it's it's a lot, a lot. A lot of these kids. So we talk about you know kids that are in untraditional areas. A lot of urban areas. A lot of cities. 
you know, a lot of these kids never even cast before, mm-hmm. never even had the experience of casting a rod and a reel. So we're doing indoor events in the winter. You know, we're holding scholarship events in the winter to, to raise money. I mean, it's it's a it's a full full time gig. It's a twelve month of the year gig, and it's growing. And that's the exciting thing. You know, we've really seen growth uh, in the last ten years. We've seen you know more people wanting to help, more kids getting fishing, and that's what we got to have. Listen, to grow the sport, you got to impact them at an early age. You know, with technology, with tablets and laptops and phones. We're losing kids to the outdoors. So to have something like this, to give them an opportunity to connect with nature, to connect with just being outside, uh, it, it's a real it's a real gift. So we're, we're working hard. It's growing. Um, we got a lot of things in the works, man. Honestly, it's like we had a five-year plan, and we hit that in a few years. And then we had a 10-year plan, and we hit that in five years. So things are rolling. Things are growing. And, you know, honestly, I see a day when I – step away from competitive fishing. I'm not saying it's anytime soon because I'm I'm still hella competitive. Like I'm yep. ultra competitive still. But when that day comes, you know, I'm I will switch to the Ike Foundation almost full time. And I I really feel that strongly about it. It's really kind of my mission and and I'm gonna ride that till the end till I can't do it anymore. You know? That, that is awesome. I need to take a quick commercial break and we'll come back with more Ike and Ellie. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. We'll be right back after these messages. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry docked for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com overboard. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible, and being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day, with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the persistent pursuit of perfection. St. Croix. Daiwa, Meg4C. Similar design to our SV system. Reels with MagForce Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MagForce Z incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. The We Fish ASA podcast is back, and I am Dave Kranz here with Mike Iaconelli. Welcome back, Mike. Thanks for having me. So we're talking a little bit about the the Ike Foundation. Uh, have you had any stories? You said that some of these kids have never casted a rod, or, or and you do these indoor events. Have you had anybody that's gone into a high school and they get in a bass club or gone on to college come back to you and tell you that they started with you? We've had a lot. We've had so many. And it's not just, you know, like our, our thing is if we can impact a, a, a kid and they end up 
fishing professionally or getting in the fishing industry, man, that would be awesome. Yeah. How amazing that would be. But we're really just trying to introduce them to the sport and create a love for, for fishing. So, you know, the more impactful ones, honestly, are even the kids to just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm an adult now. And, you know, I've, I've got a kid now. And, and because of the Ike Foundation, when I was, you know, 17 years old, 10 years ago, I've introduced my kid to fishing. They're the ones that really hit home, you know. And the scholarship program that we started has really been successful as well. And, and the emails that come back from graduates, you know, four or six years later in college to say, thank you, you know, you really changed my life. Uh, you know, fishing changed my life. They're, they're the stories that you just love. And it's funny, in the office here, the uh, the ladies at the Ike Foundation, they keep a little wall here in the office of, of letters, handwritten letters, printed out letters from emails. And it, it's a proud feeling. You know, I walk past the classic trophy, Angler Year trophy, I'm proud of that. But when you walk past those letters, it's it's a different kind of pride and it makes you feel good. You know, it makes you feel like you're doing something that you need to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said about somebody taking their kid or somebody teaching somebody else that that it's one one at a time. It really is you're reaching one person at a time even though you're trying to reach the masses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. No, all all good stuff. So, uh you said you had a lot of things coming on forward. Anything that you can share about what you're what you're going to be doing? Yeah. So you know the Ike Foundation. Uh, you know we're we're continually trying to grow and figure out a way to impact more kids. So two years ago we started a tournament trail up here in the Northeast, and you know there's a lot of kids tournament trails, uh, junior trails, high school trails, especially when you look at traditional parts of the country where kids fish right alabama florida georgia man it's a big program but when you get to new york and new jersey and pennsylvania delaware you know it's not as big so we started a tournament trail a few years ago it's growing but i can tell you the next phase is one of the most exciting things we're going to be engaging in which is really um something that sort of developed from our kids playing other competitive sports. And we look at our son that plays competitive soccer. We look at one of our daughters that plays competitive field hockey. And if you look at those other mainstream sports, you see all these facilities where they're almost like a training ground for, for young athletes. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got, we've got uh, a little thing that we're eyeing up where we're going to create almost like a full-time fishing facility um, you know, it's going to house kids from all over the country. They can come and train just like they would at baseball or football or hockey. Um, you know, it's going to have lakes and casting areas and just big mega plan. Um, it's really, really exciting. It hasn't really been done before, um, but it, it's exciting. And it's, it's trying to get to that next level of keeping kids fishing. So really, really excited about what's, uh, what's in the future for the Ike Foundation. Yeah, because somebody's got to take them the first time, and somebody's got to teach them the right way. Being being successful is not just measured in catching fish, is it? It's it's not no, and especially when you want to pursue it at the professional level. You know, fishing is about fifty percent of the sport, and the other fifty is all the other stuff. And so, you know, they a kid needs to know that. You know, a uh, uh, um, junior, a high school or a college kid, they need to know that it's not just fishing, you know, it's, it's, it's a full-time business and to be able to help with that, 
be important, you know, to help them prepare for a career. Absolutely. And and a lot of that is knowing how to use social media. How different is it from 10 or 15 or 20 years ago that that the angler didn't have the social media that we have today? But if you're not using it, you're going to fall behind really quickly. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, just, uh, you know, my, my time of doing this, it's changed so much. The, the, the way that you reach people has changed so much. And the advent of the computer and the web and social media and digital content has changed it all. But, you know, the one thing that hasn't changed is the goal is has always been to reach more people and to, you know, share a message with those people, a genuine message. So, you know, years ago when I did it, it was through, you know, newspaper articles and, you know, mm-hmm. yep. on the ground floor at events, you know, preaching, you know, and that's still impactful. But, you know, it's definitely uh, has changed with social media, being able to reach people in a new way. But at its core, it's the same. How do you reach people? How do you tell a message? How do you tell a story? And, you know, how do you how do you tell them why you love this thing that you're using? And if you could do that, you know, you're going to be good at the other 50 percent in professional fishing. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you're saying, the way it used to be, you'd go to a seminar at a sports show, whether it was whatever town across the, the, the United States. And then that would be the impact. But now you make an impact with people daily on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And you really have to, you know, it's, it's honestly the, when we look at the business, uh, whether it's, you know, my brand or it's pro edge fishing or bash university or Ike foundation, or Ike, whatever brand, you know, whatever business it is, social media and digital content has become number one in that pyramid. It's become the highest part of that pyramid. And, you know, the impact is so much more broad, uh, the way you can deliver a message and the numbers are real. And, you know, that's one of the great things of social media. Social media also has some downsides. But one of the great thing is, you know, if, you know, you look at your numbers, you make a post and you spread a message about something. Within a week's time, you could look at your impact and they are real measured numbers. You know, those numbers don't lie. There's no gray in that area. So it's a great way to show people, hey, here's how I'm reaching people. This is how many people I'm reaching. And it's a good way to show value, uh, especially to your sponsors, you know? Absolutely. And, and I think social media has definitely caused the, our industry, the sport fishing industry, to have more people from overseas coming into professional bass fishing and even oh, yeah. those, the Canadian contingency, I think, because of social media. Because in the early days, bass fishing was southern states uh, from down yeah. there. And now you went north in the U.S. You got Canadian guys. You got people coming from Italy. You got people coming from all uh, Japan, all over the world. And that I think that's probably caused most of it. Yeah, it's really opened it up. And that's, a, again, another good point of social media. It's really created this worldwide platform showing people why this sport is so awesome you know why it's fun you know spreading that passion and when you can do it on a worldwide base basis man you just get more people involved i i had a cool opportunity to fish a few international events i did one in spain a few years ago i did one in italy last year and uh it's just so amazing to see it growing on a worldwide level and uh you get over there you don't know what to expect and then when you get there you find people anglers men women just like us that are as passionate about the sport 
and a lot of that was through social media. So it's it's pretty awesome to see that, you know. Absolutely, and spreading that passion. I love that word passion because that's what it is. You spread the passion. You do it every day. Uh, many times you'll get anglers, young anglers, ask you, "How do you get sponsored? How do you?" The the worst thing they can do is show somebody a picture of all the fish they catch on their phone. I, I and you tell them probably the same thing I do that you have to have know the product, product knowledge, believe in the product, use the product, and have yeah. a passion for the companies that you have as sponsors, and that's why you keep them too. Yeah, that that's real important. And you know the thing about social media and digital content is people can see through the truth pretty easy you know so uh one of our big things is yeah you got to believe in the product and it, it has to be more of a lifestyle post you know when it's when it's real and when people are seeing you do your craft and it's part of your life then then it's believable and people watch it you know if, if it's not they pick up on it really quick and just swipe left swipe right they just yep. keep going so absolutely <laughs> it's got to be real you it, know and you make it real the ike foundation.org to find out more information about all the amazing things that Mike's doing with his wife, Becky. And uh, I, I think it's awesome. I, I uh, When I saw that you were getting into the, the Hall of Fame, I thought that was uh, perfect because it's not just the fishing. You do so much more for the industry. And uh, I'm sure it's not going to be the last time you're on this program because I think there's a bunch more winning for you to do. Well, I appreciate that, and I love coming on the show, and I'd love to be back on it. Thanks for having me. Oh, you will. Thanks, Mike. Uh, We'll be talking soon. That was Mike Iaconelli. I am Dave Kranz, and this is the We Fish ASA podcast. I would like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. In Iowa, they've got your bass covered. I'd also like to thank my guests for another great episode of the We Fish ASA podcast. Dan Johnston, always great information from Dan. Pat Nye, National Professionals Anglers Association. And the one and only Mike Iaconelli. I'm looking forward to bringing you the We Fish ASA podcast again next week. Until then, please take someone fishing to help grow up our sport. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.